0: of The
1: Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head.
0: Cheers! Hey, what is up, everyone? Thank you very much for tuning into the podcast today. I've got a good one for you with my buddy Scott, and not too much to get into before we do it. So, real quick, I just want to remind you about the fact that you can text me. If you're bored and you want to talk about whatever with me, you can text me at 503-751-8577. And there will be a few automated texts to make sure that you really want to join. And then on that list, I am chatting with people back and forth. We're talking about food. It's been very heavily music business focused lately. I'm actually talking about an EP I'm working on right now with a bunch of people on there been really fun to interact that way. And I know a lot of you do not have social media. And that is a good way to keep up and to interact and all that stuff. We've got over a 100 people on there. And as of right now, I can reply to everyone. So 503-751-8577 is the text number if you want to talk directly to me. And yes, it really is me. It's not any kind of automated anything it's all me all my thumbs all coming from my phone so text me there if you want a bunch of random content that isn't necessarily guitar related but is a lot of fun regardless and one last thing before we jump in here i know this is going to be the last episode before christmas and so i just wanted to wish everybody a merry christmas happy holidays and all that jazz thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with me and all the support Overall, this time. So, all right. Without further ado, let's get into this episode with my man Scott from SNK Pedals. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today I have Scott Dubockler of SNK Pedals. Long overdue for this one. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a, it's a real treat to have you. I'm very excited about this. I'm pretty excited myself.
0: I was uh, recording earlier this week with James Bowman from uh, Against Me and uh, Bowman Audio Endeavors. And uh, he, was, he was like, who do you got coming up next on the show? I'm like, oh, I got Scott from SNK Pedals. He's like, oh. I just heard about these. I was actually going to buy one. That's crazy. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, 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 he still can if he wants. Uh,
0: yeah, I think he's planning on it the way he made it sound. So I don't know exactly yeah, um, which one, but something here he'd heard about from Frank Giro. So I'm, I'm not sure which pedal that was.
1: Frank used the VHD on um, when he did that live stream with uh, Thursday. Okay, that is and that is what he was talking about. So there you go. One of the other guys from Thursday also picked up a VHD. Nice. So very cool. Well,
0: that's a cool pedal. Exciting. I
1: I played that Excellent.
0: one at uh, at Fear of the Rift, So good, good on them. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know it's funny because it was designed by like mostly as like a heavy metal like metal pedal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not like an uh, not like an ancient two or anything, but just you know for metal. But now I got guys not playing metal that are using it, which is awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's a it's well. I'll let you explain it. What is it exactly?
1: Well i took the distortion channel from the ampeg vh140c and basically shrunk it down to fit into a pedal um and it's not like a sound alike or uh inspired by a kind of sound it's the actual circuit from the amp and i have it set up to be powered by you know regular nine volt supply and uh it can be used as a preamp. It could be used as um, a distortion pedal in front of your amp. Um, you could go into a power amp with it. Um, it works in front of like a um, interface on your computer or something. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just the dirty channel. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: I'm not super familiar with those amps. I know of them, and I know people that have used them. But mm-hmm. like, uh, what are some of the bigger names that have used those in metal? not oh, it's it's like a cult more, kind of a cult fall yeah
1: yeah it's like the more more obscure kind of uh death metal bands um a lot of bands from florida stuff like that um sort of like uh suffocation bands like that
0: mm-hmm. that was the first one that i was thinking of was suffocation yeah. but that seems <clears throat> obvious but i don't know i i sometimes think of uh I think that I'm like, oh yeah, this band's this band's everybody knows this band, right? And it turns out like, oh no, they're they're kind of off the beaten path a little more than than I think of because I I'm always finding like new like you know noise rock bands from the nineties like I've never heard of this before, you know they're not big like you know at the gates and people are like (laughs) like who's at the gates like wait you don't know at the gates what's going on where am I Um, not that I'm like the most clued in to every genre i just sometimes make bands or artists bigger in my head than than
1: they actually are oh it's because it's big to you you know That's true it's, it's you, you kind of build your own world with that just in, in, in general with music you know it's you try to spread out and you know even no matter how worldly people think sometimes with music you, you realize that there's just so much you'll never get at all oh yeah Totally. You know what I'm saying? Totally. But it's not really a bad thing or a good thing, just a thing.
0: I mean, I think it, it's, uh, you know, variety is the spice of life. So it's nice Absolutely. that we have these infinite shades available to us to, mm-hmm. to sample from and draw inspiration from and enjoy, which, and it's, it, it's never going to end. It's weird how so many combinations of, of 12 notes can lead to just infinite possibilities. We've never, we will never discover them all. I hope not. I can't imagine that we would. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your story? I don't know. I know you make pedals. I know you're involved in the the gear community very heavily, and you pay attention to all that stuff. But I don't actually know your story. When, When did you start playing, and how did that lead into making electronic devices?
1: When I was 12, I got my first guitar, and it was... Let's see. Like a little Japanese three quarter scale guitar. Um, and I also got my first amp, which was a Gorilla. Classic. Which is awesome. Yeah, classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was all inspired by a couple of friends that had, you know, played in bands or were playing instruments at that point. Not really in bands yet. Um, and I also took like one of our music classes was Guitar was what was offered in uh, middle school. So that's really where I got my hands on it at, the, at first. And from there, it's, it was you kind know, of all through middle school and high school, I played guitar. Um, and then towards the end of high school and in the beginning of college, I worked in a music store called Blue Rose Music, in, or formerly in Edison. They're closed at this point. Edison, New Jersey. Um, a little mom and pop shop. And uh there is where I met uh, a guy by the name of Dennis Kager uh, who was a amp technician amp builder amp designer um, he was he was running a repair shop in the back of Leroy's music uh, under the name of Central Jersey Music service and he kind of took me in as a part-time worker and you know that's where I learned how to solder and everything and I really got interested in working on things uh, working on amps and you know kind of got the bug there and um, somewhere along the line there one of my friends showed me that he had a um a Wawa pedal, Dunlap Wawa you know, very standard Dunlap Wawa mm-hmm. and he's like, oh yeah, I got this and it's modified and I said, what do you mean modified? you can modify these things, you can change parts in them and it, it still works like they changed the inductor in it and uh, from there it kind of Led down a, a very deep rabbit hole, you know, after, you know, after I found out you can do that and I started reading stuff on the internet and started, you know, modifying Boss DS1s because you can find all the uh, keyle instructions online and everything. So that's pretty much where it started with pedals.
0: Yeah. I, re- I remember the first time I heard about modifying a pedal, I was blown away. I was like, that's a, <laughs> That's a thing. You're not allowed to do that. What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. You can't modify electronic devices, which, you know, doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I would have ever had that perspective because I was very used to like modifying cars and like doing electronic work in that way. You know, like, oh, we're Mm going to swap out for a, you know, MSD ignition system. I'm like, well, that's a modification, a pretty intensive one, even. Uh, and so it's, I don't know why the idea of modifying a small electronic device was so foreign to me. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird, uh, thing with my brain, I guess. Guys, it's just different perspectives. You don't think about doing
1: that stuff if you've never done it before. Yeah. I mean, like even with a car, like you get introduced to a car and if if you, you're like you have somebody else in your life that's a car person, it's not abnormal for them to open up the hood on a car. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if some if you meet somebody that plays guitar, it's like not like, like you're gonna go over and watch him play, and he's gonna stop and sit down and open up the pedal and go look at insi- look inside. Right. You know? <laughs> this is how this works. This is how a tube works. Mm-hmm. No, you're just gonna listen to it. You know. So it's like, and it seems like maybe it's because um, to. A, like an average musician, maybe the pe- like a pedal is the component level as far as changing sounds. Oh, right. Right. So instead of replacing your ignition coil, you're replacing your overdrive pedal.
0: That That's a good analogy, actually, because that I think to most people that is what they are. Like, oh, this yeah. pedal doesn't sound good. You're not going to think, well, maybe I can change the pedal to make it sound good. It's like, no, I'm going to get a different pedal. That's very much the guitar player mindset for most people. Yeah what uh, so you, you mentioned the DS one. Were there any other pedals that like you particularly enjoyed tinkering with?
1: I mean, I went down like the the whole boss rabbit hole and anything I could find that I knew I could modify, I would buy. so I wasn't buying pedals based on what they sounded like. I was buying them based on the fact that I read somewhere you can do this certain thing and this happens. Mm-hmm. So if I if I knew that I was going to be able to open it up and change something and make it better than you know quote unquote better than it was when it's stock, then I'd go look for it used or you know try to buy you know if not used I'd you know buy it new and from there you know just <laughs> buy it to change it kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> I have a I have a picture somewhere where it's just a giant pedal board with like 95% of it was boss pedals. So <laughs> gotcha. So that's, that's where that started. I think a lot of those got sold though.
0: So, so let's see, we, we met at the fear of the Rift. I don't remember if it was the first year or the second year. Was it the second year? I can't remember now.
1: It, I think it was the first year because I wasn't, you didn't do the second year. No, I was there the second year. I, I had a table the second year with uh, Dunable.
0: Okay. That's right. That's right. That's okay, it's all coming back to me now. That was a lot, a lot longer ago than it feels like when I think about it. Is so that like true? five years ago? I don't think it was five, but it was I think it was four. They then they stopped at year three, which ironically, like it's kind of mm-hmm. a good thing that they stopped because if they hadn't they were you know, they were just getting momentum that year too. And if mm-hmm. they if they had kept going, I have a feeling that the Rona would have you know, cost them a bunch of money instead of them yeah, just pulling the plug on it early. Yeah, exactly. Which is a weird hindsight thing, but that was a fun event. I do, I do miss it. That was a fun couple of years.
1: That yeah, that was, that was really enjoyable. You know, first year was a little rough in the beginning because nobody really knew how to handle volume and everything, but, uh, right. it was fun. It was good to see. It, it was it, more so you got to see people that you've been talking to on the internet for who knows how long? Yeah, totally. And it, it kind of make that connection, and, and or people that you already know. But I have a few friends that live up in Boston, the Boston area, and and they would they came down and I got to see them, which was great, you know. Yeah. Or you know, just a day to hang out kind of thing.
0: That's really what the the best part of these trade shows, including Nam, is. It's like yeah, the show's fun. But it's like it's just an excuse to come chill though. I wish we didn't need that excuse, but you do kind of need, especially if you're flying across the country, you kind of need like mm-hmm. a reason or at least a tax write-off. <laughs> to, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> to, it's, a, it's a big journey, but it, it everyone says the same thing. It always comes down to, it's like, oh, it's, it's the people that I haven't got to see in person. And, you know, we fortunately have these connection points on the internet, you know, through these gear groups and through whatever else. And we can keep, you know, somewhat in touch that way, but it's not quite the same thing. You know, it's it's just yeah, not. it's
1: it can be very impersonal. You know, so it, it is. It is always really good to get face to face with somebody. So
0: you've gotten like we talked about Frank having some of the pedals, and you, you've had a, a handful of other artists that people would know play your stuff. Have you had any like? Really trippy moments from like starting the company and like like wow I can't believe this guy's you know talking to me
1: now or anything like that. I had I mean I got the guys from High and Fire uh, both uh, Jeff Mats and um, Matt Pike playing the VHD which is awesome you know nice. Um, they heard about it through uh, mutual friend Bear from Bear Amps. Um, but I, I got an email one day from somebody else, and it's like, hey, this is um, Scott Hull. And you know, I'm not sure if you heard of my band, but I play for uh, uh, Pig Destroyer. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of us. I was like, yes, I've heard of you. <laughs> he's like, I, was, I wanted him to shake out one of these pedals. I'm like, give me your address. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's actually, it's become his main distortion pedal. It's like, you, you know, it's what he's using on his board. That's so cool hundred percent of the time now. So that's pretty cool.
0: How did the collaboration with the, with Dunable come about? Um,
1: he had put out a, you know, feeler when he, he for a short time had a uh, brick and mortar uh, storefront Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he was open up the brick and mortar and I, you know, took it upon myself to message him and said, Hey, um, if you want, you know, you want some inventory for your store, I can send you some pedals. And he was like, sure. Great. And, uh, I mean, he was actually the, he's been the only dealer that I've used so far. So yeah, it was, it started with that and you know, he's just about my age. We have similar taste in music and everything. So <clears throat> we've, you know, pretty much even though he's doesn't have the brick and mortar anymore, I still talk to them all the time and everything, and you know, show them what I'm working on and bought a couple of guitars from them so far. Mm-hmm. So, such uh, so. such good guitars. Oh my god! I, know. I need to get one one day. <laughs> they, yeah, you've played? Have you played them yet? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I played them. there at the Fear the Riff, and I uh uh some friends have had them at their booths at Nam. I, I think mm-hmm. uh, it was Fuzz Roche's booth last year. He had a bass there, and uh yeah, right, I've, right. I've put my greasy mitts on some. Some beautiful guitars, a, t- a time or two. They're they're fantastic. I love them.
1: Yeah, I got two. Uh, I have two Yetis. Mm. I have a regular scale, and then I have a baritone scale. So, what's the scale it's length fun. on that baritone? Uh, twenty eight, I believe. Twenty eight. All right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I when I first got a baritone, it was a twenty seven, and it was my first experience <coughs> with like having one, and it felt like it felt like a base to me mm-hmm. It felt so long. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm not that big of a dude and so that it just felt so long. But as I've, as I've gotten used to it, it feels really good at 27. And now I have a 28 mm-hmm. that doesn't feel long. You know, it still feels a little bit longer, but I, I can handle it. It's, it was just strange to me. I just remember thinking this seven string 27 inch scale that I had. I was like, this is so huge. How am I going to ever figure this out? And <laughs> over time, you do that yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. It's not as bad as we, we tend to do that. Or at least I tend to do that. Like I was like, what am I going to do with an extra string? And I, yeah, you figure it out. Like it's not, it's not nearly as complicated as it seems when you're just used to, you know, 24 and three quarter and 25.5 six string, mm-hmm. you know, like it seems like a daunting task, but I, it's not that bad. It's fine. If I, I can I, do it
1: anyway, I had, I've, I've had people call me weirdos or call me a weirdo because um, I can, I, I very regularly switch between scale lengths and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have the baritones. I have, I have two different like baritones. I have the 28 and then, then the 27.78 and you know, 25 and a half. And I have some 24 and three quarters guitars. And then I have a bass six, which is a, a 30, 30 inch scale. Mm hmm. And it's, I don't know, maybe I'm just not that good of a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm not playing anything complicated enough that I, I, I do feel the, uh, the difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not a very good guitar player,
0: but I, I, I switch all the time too. I'm, I'm constantly grabbing different guitars. I think the 28 is the longest guitar I have. Then I have a P bass that I play pretty regularly, which you know, I mean, obviously that's a different thing. But it, bass always felt fine, so I don't know why I was so intimidated by this twenty seven inch. I don't know. It's a weird transition period in my life, I guess. Now I love baritones. I love them so much. There's, yeah. I'm, I'm like everybody needs to own a baritone. You got to experience this. It's a, oh, it's they sound so huge
1: and. Glorious. I don't. Yeah. I felt like I have two and people. Are like, why do you have two baritones? Why do you need two baritones? I'm like, well, I don't need two baritones, but I want two baritones. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, I, I have two as well. I have two, six strings, two, six strings and one, yeah. seven strings. So I guess three technically. Um, but yeah, you need, you gotta have more than one. Why would you have, you know, that's like asking, why do you have so many telecasters? Well, because you need more like that's the, the reason you always need more. <laughs> What is your favorite guitar you own? Is it one of those Dunables?
1: Yeah, that's what I play the most of. Um, right now, I like sitting next to my amps. I have the two Dunables. I have the Bass Six, which is actually built by a company called Lowell, L O W E L. I'm not familiar with them. That they yeah, very. It was a like a one guy thing, and I don't. He, his website's still active or still available. But it hasn't been updated in a long time, so you can see a lot of what he's done. But it's, well, it's all one-off kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is um, a Maserati style body. Oh, cool. Um, three uh, P90s in it, and then, uh, like I said, the the basic 30 inch scale neck. But uh, the body itself is actually made out of pine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was the story, as, as I understand it, it was that it was taken from like a a 100 year old barn somewhere nice so it's but then it's painted blue so it's on you can actually see the pine (laughs) it's got like a nice metallic blue paint on it so it's a little weird but i did recently put some um lawler uh the staple p90s in it Mm -hmm. and I, i think i think they're amazing for baritone
0: I I've, I've played the staple P90s before, but I sonically how would you describe them being different? It's been a long
1: time since I messed with them. I, it, well, I mean to be fair, the, the pickups I had in her previously were like the cheap, um, like gold tone or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or or maybe it was GFS. Either no GFS, so they they were cheap cheap ones. Like so, maybe it was just the fact that I went from a uh, cheap pickup to. A lawler, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I mean, it, you the three pickups set up on it, and uh, you know, I find in like the middle positions, just a single middle pickup, you can get pretty close to like your your P bass sounds. Oh, nice! Which is, was really exciting for me because uh, you know, P bass is what I think of when I think of like electric bass. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> Maybe with like the like a PJ setup, like um, combination, but you know you have to be able to isolate that P pickup.
0: I mean that that is kind of I mean I like a lot of different bass tones, but that's like the bass tone, like, mm. especially for rock and roll and the things that I'm into. But, exactly, but yeah, the Lawler pickups on there's they I don't know they must have some special sauce in those things. I got Lawler gold foils in this mm-hmm. in this gre- uh, Grez guitar on the twenty eight inch scale, man, it sounds unreal. Like <laughs> it's it's crazy how articulate it is, and I think mm. it's I think it's kind of crucial to have not I mean not crucial but like for the style that I like having a lower output pickup like that that's very articulate on that deep tuning longer scale stuff, I think really helps like bring some presence back in. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, I don't know. Really, really sounds very piano like in a weird way, but I, mm-hmm. I love that, that Lawler knows what they're doing. Apparently is what I'm gathering from this conversation.
1: <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's, I, yeah, they, they, they got it wrapped up there. And, and actually that was, the, that was the first that was the first um real experience i had playing Lawler myself you know um mm-hmm. like with my own equipment and everything so it was nice nice uh, it stays out here you know it doesn't get put away so so where do
0: you do your building at do you do it. You have a little shop there. What's your setup like?
1: Uh, I live in a two-bedroom apartment. All right. And I do it in the in the dining room. <laughs> nice. That's so me and my daughter live here, and uh, I bounce between taking care of her and and building pedals right now. You know, mm-hmm. with the whole uh, Corona thing, I'm, my day job is now not very existent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So I I get to focus on pedals a lot more now which is nice you know was able to build a lot more get a lot more out um make a little some improvements to the current designs i have and um i do have a new design coming very soon oh. hopefully within the next couple of weeks do we get to know about it or is that gonna stay yeah, on the yeah sure deal? all
0: right what is it no
1: actually i do want to kind of spread the word because i'm notoriously bad at self-promotion
0: well let's self-promote baby let's there do it you go
1: well, it's, it's, I went for like, a. if you can, if you were to categorize the VHD as like a little bit more old school middle sound, mm-hmm. like 90s, 2000 kind of sound, I like to think that what I have going now is um, a little bit more modern sounding and, uh, you know, it's something I... I thought up and you know decided to throw it together and it you know luckily worked out <laughs> it's one of those things where like i didn't spend a lot of time prototyping it so you know i had i had the idea ran with it and i you know i was pleasantly surprised with what with uh, how it came out
0: well so what is the controls like what what exactly well, i'm assuming it's uh, a, a distortion but like what do we it, what do
1: we look like at? a drive distortion yeah but it's uh you know it's basic volume gain control um a standard tone control like you'd see in a rat but um i also added a mid control that is very similar to what's being used in the vhd so i did carry a little bit over but it's basically it's an op amp distortion with um the mid control and a tone control but also, in, in addition to that, I do have uh, a JFET stage drive in the front end of it. Okay. So, and then just a standard buffer on the outside, on the output to keep it uh, friendly with everything else. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to try something new. You know, I have a couple of designs. It tends that I'll do smaller runs of other designs and, I, and the, the VHD has always been like my main drive. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> um, just, you know, it's what... You know moves the most, so I focus the most of my time on it but uh I every once in a while I get the the itch to try something else new, so this is what happens. Do you have
0: a like a certain process that you follow when you're working on new designs, or do you just kind of get a wild hair and break out the breadboard or is is it more methodical than that
1: um it's it's mostly wild hair kind of situation. And um, I spent a lot of time with schematics and everything, and I completely skipped the breadboard step. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things I was never very um, efficient at it. And I have just kind of taken a risk and gone, gone straight to the PC boards. Luckily, with the way PC door, uh, PC board uh, production works now it's it'd be it's very easy to be able to get you know three or five boards made up and you can you know bring them home and <clears throat> make up one or two pedals and see if it works and what needs to be changed and everything and after that you know i go through one or two revisions like that and then i jump into production at that point share it with some people beforehand to make sure i'm not the only one that likes it and a kind of thing right 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 and then uh Throw it out there and hope other people think it's cool. <laughs> Just throw it out <laughs> in the wind and see see where it blows, basically. It's it's kind of one of those things where I, I tr- you know, maybe I limit myself. Um, but I tend to build things that I want first. Mm-hmm. So if I'm interested in seeing how something sounds, I'll build it for myself. And then I'll build some and hopefully somebody else... Blake's what I like enough that they want to have it their, uh, own it themselves. So it doesn't always work out, but
0: what's the I, rest of your rig look like? Like when you're testing a pedal out, like what's your go-to
1: test rig? Oh, I'll have to send you a picture later. Um, oh, but I'm, well, I, I kind of over the past couple of years have gone a little nuts with picking up amps. I like the sound of this. Yeah. So sitting in front of me right now, um, I have a Marshall clone that I built, a 2204 clone. I have a Yamaha T-100 head. I have a is the, the, the DC-30, the um, mm-hmm. Matchless. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have one of those clones. Ooh. I have a YBA-1 um, that is pretty much like a 1987 Marshall right now. I have a YRM1 trainer sitting in front of me. Um, a V4B. I have another V4 that I'm working on. Um, PV6505. The uh, MH, the little, little tiny head that's EL84 head. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Sundown amp made by Sundown Amps, which is uh, a Dennis Kager creation. And I also have a uh, Mesa Mark three over here. So I tend to run through a lot of those while testing.
0: That's a, that's a lot of amp for a stage, let alone <laughs> a two bedroom apartment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily I, I, I was happy enough to find the, uh, the, the torpedo reload. Ah, there you go. So I, and I just recently, um put together um uh, a patch bay uh rack mounted patch bay that lets me connect any one of the heads to any one of the cabs here i have four cabs here underneath the heads and uh i can you know, basically just right from sitting on my desk i can plug any one of those heads into any one of the cabinets that's convenient and through the torpedo, so I have thought about making something like that
0: uh I have an idea of how it would work, but obviously I'm not an electronics guy but uh i've I've thought about doing that for I kind of have this this wall of amps and cabs mm-hmm. behind me, and it's always a pain to swap they're you know they're up against the wall. So you kind of got to drag them out and mm-hmm. they look really cool if they're like the background of a video, but it makes it very difficult to play around with different cabs. So I've actually been thinking about doing that. I might have to see what you did there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I, um, uh, have you heard of Redco? Yes. They actually have a patch panel designer on their website. Oh, I and did not can, know that. <clears throat> yeah. I, I when I found that, it was, it was pretty
0: amazing. Redco, for everyone who doesn't know, they're like a bulk cable and cable parts supplier. Is that the easiest way to describe them, probably? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah. So if you if you want to build your own cables, um, that's where you go, basically. You know, whatever they have is the whole range of their own cables. Uh, they have other companies' cables they sell as well and all the... You know, straight ends and the 90 degree ends and everything and pretty much anything you would want. And you uh, as long as you can solder, you can build exactly what you want, which is nice. I can solder. I'm just very slow at it.
0: Uh, Being a Cyclops, it makes it kind of hard. It's like it's like oh I missed well I missed again I would be the worst pedal assembly person not from a quality perspective it would come out decent quality but it would take me like four days to put together a pedal yeah overhead might be a little high yeah it's not a not a manufacturing (laughs) electronics is not probably a good thing for me to be doing. But uh, yeah, Redco is interesting. The first time I heard, I haven't talked about this on the show for years and years, but we used to jam at my friend Leon, who does Pelican Noise Works. We used to jam at his house and in in his basement. Mm. Okay. And, you know, we'd play pretty late at night. And his wife was very tolerant of us, but obviously that wasn't a very pleasant experience for her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can. I can
0: imagine yeah and uh so we we did the best we could we 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 used an electronic drum kit uh ran through Mm. its own computer and then we ran leon ran a he, he dug a trench in his backyard and ran conduit and we ran this very long rather complicated snake from redco that he put together to where we could plug our guitars in, or in, plug our pedal boards in to these leads, and then they would the amps would be out in his studio. The studio was too small for us all to play in. That's why we did this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was you know somewhat isolated, and it was away from the house, so we could have the amps cranked up and running, running hot in there. The bass, uh, I feel like the bass we tend to run tended to run direct. I can't remember. Maybe we mic'd up a bass. No, maybe we mic'd up a bass cab in there. It's hard for me to remember. Um, but the guitars were all out there playing at pretty decent volume. And then we ran everything through through headphones and it, it sounded great in our headphones.
1: So were you in the house or were you in the trench?
0: We were, well, the trench got filled in. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So the trench got filled in and then paved over the top of it. And then we were in the basement. Okay. Uh, the trench was just a, I don't know, like maybe like a foot and a half or two foot deep. To run the cable from the basement to the studio. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so, but like, I, I, I heard what That's it sounded it's... like to everyone else because, yeah. like, I'd like, oh, I got to run and use the bathroom, and I'd run upstairs, use the bathroom, and you, the guys would still be playing, and it sounded so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just like, you know, the mesh heads of the electric drums. So it's just like, it doesn't really sound, it sounds like a little kid, like playing drums on his desk. And then <laughs> you can't hear any of the guitars or bass because they're basically, you know, they're just electric guitars that are not plugged in to the, uh, to the outside world. And, <laughs> and then a bunch of guys like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, it's like, this sounds so stupid to everyone oh else, but it, it at least was quieter than what we were doing previously. So, you know, we we were doing the best we could with the setups we had at the time. Um, and then that led to like me building the shred shed. And the idea was we were going to play out here. And then, you know, like everybody started having kids. Like there were like some of us did have children. I didn't at the time, but, uh, everyone got more kids (laughs) or got new kids and, (laughs) It just, uh, that really got kind of sidelined it right around the time that this podcast started, which is kind of a bummer, but, um, yeah, we, we keep hoping we're going to get back to writing and recording soon. We keep talking about it, so hopefully one day we can actually pull the trigger. Yeah. I've,
1: I've, I've done that a lot recently, um one of those things I have every intention on, on getting together with a buddy and, and start writing some music and you know trying to record some stuff even if it's just demos to start and everything but it's it's just it's, it, there's always something to, something to do
0: there is there is it, so. it. we the thing that pushed us really aggressively it wasn't that we ever intended on like touring or anything like that that wasn't yeah. that wasn't the point it was just like we wanted to make music and exactly but like make in order for it to be a priority my my old job i used to have to put my vacation time in a year in advance so yeah. yeah yeah so we were like we want to go take some time off and go into the studio for a week and record our album like really do it for real and you know for the rest of the guys you know they didn't have to put in that year i had to put that time in in a year in advance and so i was like okay we have to be done you know, and ready to go. Like we have to have our songs wrote. We, and so that mm-hmm. that like put us on, it wasn't like a huge time crunch. Obviously we had a year and we had already had a handful of songs that were written uh, or at least in the preliminary stages. And that really pushed me personally. Like I was like very diligent about writing and very diligent about like exploring an idea that I would have uh, because I knew we were on that time crunch. And if, if it showed, you know, if we showed up to the studio and we had three songs written that was not going to be a very fun experience for us so yeah it i think having that deadline for me while i kind of hate deadlines it they do make me get the thing done and i think that's what it's going to take if we ever intend to do it again
1: <clears throat> yeah i mean that's the thing i have, I have nothing really No real push there's nobody waiting for me you know Mm -hmm. to say hey you're supposed to have your guitar parts written or you know what's going on practice is at you know two o'clock on Sunday why aren't you here you know right why aren't you ready to play so it's kind of like like I I I have all my amps set up here I have everything set up to switch back and forth I have the the two notes all set up I have a I went out and picked up a a laptop and monitors just so I can sit here and try recording stuff for myself and I haven't (laughs) I, I wonder what that is. I mean, I have the same thing. Like I have everything
0: I could need to record <clears throat> at least decent guitar tracks and, and vocals even, but like, I don't do it. And I don't know why when I was, you know, 14 year old me would be like punching me in the face right now. Like, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? Like back then all I had was like a guitar and a crate amp. And I was just dreaming of the day that I might have a, a setup like I have now. Not actually ever thinking that it was going to be possible, and now I've got access to every sound I could think of, and I can't get myself to write um, write a good song. It's like adulting is dumb; it's taking all the fire out of me. It's uh,
1: what's it? Youth is wasted on young. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I I try to take away as many um, excuses to to not make me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right? Like I keep everything out, and I keep everything set up. You know laptop sitting here and i have reaper set up you know i have a session built and everything just to record guitar into it and everything and i have all my guitars you know two feet away from my amps and everything in my living room and i sit down to do something and then i just don't (laughs) and then
0: then amazon prime video all right let's see what's going on (laughs) exactly
1: No, there's some Netflix on
0: just just saying all this out loud, though, has helped me like because I I do, you know, I do a lot of demos and stuff where it's just a lot of noodling and, you know, screwing around. And and my wife always says she's like, you don't do you don't you don't make songs anymore. She's like, you just make sounds. I'm like, she's oh, you're right. Like, I don't I don't I don't try to learn songs. I don't try to write songs I do I just make sounds which there's some value in and it's definitely very uh, therapeutic for me Mm -hmm. but I think just getting that intention lined up I think that's what I need to do I need to like set a goal and like make it a make it a thing somehow kind of like you know you hear people say like if you want to like commit to a workout tell everybody that you're going to work out you know three times a week like you know put it out there so that people know And then you kind of of feel dumb if you don't do it. And so like, that's what I need to do. I need to be like, I'm going to work on this project, even if it's just like a solo thing or whatever and get it done. I think that's going to, it's going to be what it takes. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think we're having like a little um, dad support group right now. (laughs) There are a lot of dads that listen. So (laughs) I make sounds too, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I make wheedly wheeze and squeedly squeals yeah. and chug to yeah. chugs. Like, come on! Like, like, I have two pedal boards sitting in front of me right now. Three of them, actually. I have I have no want for sounds, and I know how to make them. And then I can make the sound, and I make some noise for a few minutes, and I go, "Okay, cool." Like that little part that in me that needed to make some sound is you know satiated for a few minutes, and mm-hmm. I go back to doing something else around the house, and then. Maybe I'll come back over here again and do it a little bit later. But, you know, it's it's a rare thing for me to sit down and like focus on playing for any expen- like extended period of time.
0: I think that's I think that's what we need to do. We need to think about what would teenage us do in this particular situation. I, I know what I would do, <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it's exactly. not what I'm doing right now at all. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I, I would definitely be tweaking knobs and swapping pedals in and out, but. That's just because I didn't know
1: what pedals were when I was a teenager, which is a whole different story. I, I had the benefit of, like I said, working in a music store and being introduced to stuff that way. And uh, like a buddy of mine who really got me interested in, in music and in playing guitar and everything, electric guitar, um, like even him, like he's like, I have a Marshall amp and I have an EQ and that's it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it, you know, what's that? Like ninety-seven, right? 1997? So, I, I mean, was in high school.
0: That rig would still hold up to this day, though.
1: Well, I, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you don't really need much more than that. That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> JCM nine hundred. Yeah. The uh, theos at the, uh, the dual reverb head, and then the uh, dod EQ that he got used with most of the sliders snapped off of it. <laughs> Well, but course. it would still work. It's still, it still work if you move to move the sliders with a pick. So, you know, still works. I like it. It's great. We've kind of like touched on it here and there, how you,
0: you like heavier music. Like what, what were some of the bands back then? We didn't really, we kind of glossed over that.
1: Like what really got you got the blood pumping? Yeah. Like I keep mentioning the same person, my buddy, it's my buddy Keith uh, who plays for this band. Um, Years ago, they were known as uh, Arson. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody in New Jersey listened to hardcore in the 2000s, they'd know the name. Probably know the name Arson. But they, after a few years, they changed their name to Sid Barrett, which is a little confusing. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> they're, they're not the guys. It's it's not the guy from uh, Pink Floyd. So, <clears throat> but um, still, you know, an awesome band. And They're still they're still together doing stuff and not putting too much out, but they're still playing i think you know at least a couple times a month but they're all the same situation as like you and i are You know, everybody's getting older and everybody's having kids and everything so but um i would hang out with my buddy keith all the time and he was like my like introduction to a lot of music so like young when i was younger i listened to like a lot of it was like metallica and megadeth and pantera of course mm-hmm. um overkill but then it got into stuff like dream theater and all sorts of like shreddy stuff and all sorts of weird like power metal and stuff like that for the longest time for some i don't know why i still have uh, stacks of cds somewhere but then you know got into dream theater pretty heavily and it probably wasn't until Somebody else that my buddy Keith was playing with handed him a copy of Jane Doe. Ah, I really got, there you go. Yeah. That I, I really kind of, what is that? Kind of you know, what is this? I don't understand this stuff. Um, I also had another buddy, my buddy, Ed, who was the punk rock guy. Uh, so he got me into stuff like bad religion, no effects, which is like the, the, the big two for me really, as far as punk rock goes, Ramones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I kind of take like a, a little bit from a couple different genres at this point. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to, to say I'm like this kind of music fan, which I think is probably a good thing, but yeah, I mean at the gates, like you mentioned earlier, um, death, just you know but now like a lot of the music i I listen to has to be filtered through my daughter who's six and a half (laughs) so well it's it's good because like she has taken interest in the the fact that i play guitar uh she has her own little ibanez nice uh, little micros but she's actually a really good drummer for being six that's cool and up until uh, everything shut down in this country, uh, she was taking like weekly drum lessons and everything. And she's got a little electronic drum set in her room. So I definitely <laughs> know the uh, the no sound electric drum sound pretty well. <laughs> the, the soft thuds. So, I mean, we listen to a lot of older stuff. I mean, like Black Sabbath and stuff like that. Um, her favorite band is Ghost, oh, which I nice. also enjoy. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And she 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 likes to sing as well. So it's 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 very entertaining watching her like sing along with it and figure it out. Like you know, not really know exactly what she's saying. So she's you know four or five or six, and she's singing along, and she's like singing in Latin, doesn't realize that she is. <laughs> and uh, right. But she's finally hit the point where she's like, "What is this song about?" And I'm like, "Well, it's about the devil." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "She's like what?" She's like, "Uh, what's... wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Pretty pretty much every song that Ghost has uh, has something to do with the devil." She's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine." Oh, okay, cool. So I'm like, "It's it's it's just a band. It's make believe. It's made up. <clears throat> it's all story." You, do you like the song? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like back in February, I took her to her first concert, like her first real concert. Oh, wow. That was like Uh, right on
0: the cusp of things.
1: Yeah. So, but we went to, uh, took her into New York City and we saw Devin Townsend. Oh, wow. So, (laughs) yes, she had a pretty, (laughs) pretty legit uh, introduction to uh, live music. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So, that was fun though. That's, that's, you know, one of her favorites now. Devin Townsend, not a
0: lot of six and a half year olds are are saying Devin Townsend is their favorite. That's a, that's
1: a unique situation. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, it's it's very inspiring. Yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll put on like, um, like the XM radio Mm -hmm. and listen to the metal channel, but she'll like, I go, okay, what band is this? And I'll tell her, she's like, okay, but what song is this? I need to know what song it is so I can remember for later. Oh, okay. It's very, it's very, very, uh, specific about needing to know the names of the songs and everything find out like, Hey, but who, who's in this band? I'm like, <laughs> most of the time I'm like, I don't know, buddy. Like, Let me Google that real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll Google that when I'm not driving. Right.
0: Yeah. I was saying the same, something kind of along these lines to my wife last night, we were talking about, you know, exposing our kids to different things and how, you know, back when we were kids, basically all we heard as children was old country and, like, 90s country. That's pretty mm-hmm. much all our parents listened to, both my wife and myself. And, you know, a little Elvis thrown in there and some other things here and there. But, like, the first time I heard Metallica, like, it, I, I was like, what? What is this? I didn't I, know, like, songs could be like this. You know, it didn't, I, it didn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I specifically remember the first time I listened to Metallica. Like I, I, like I knew my friends listened to Metallica, and I was like, "Hey, man, what CD should I go out and buy?" And they are like, uh, "Go buy Master Puppets mm-hmm. and Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning." So I, I went to the store and I found Master Puppets and I found Kill 'Em All, and I brought it home. And I, now I I'd grown up listening to like the Grateful Dead and the Rolling Stones and Frank Zappa and Tom Petty and stuff. So it was. It was all a little bit lighter, a little bit more controlled than a Metallica CD. But I, I sit down and I, I put this music on, and I I specifically remember not being able to understand what was happening. Right. Like the, like what like I know they're like they're playing guitars and stuff, but I don't. I can't. It was like it was like trying to read a foreign language. Like you can sit down and you can stand out the words, but you have no idea what the hell you're saying. Right. You don't know what it means. It doesn't yeah. Mean. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, so I had to go back and listen to it a couple times. And <clears throat> like I remember that. And I, I specifically remember the first time I got a copy of uh, Slaughter of the Souls from, mm-hmm. uh, at the gates and putting it on. And part of me almost being like afraid to keep listening to it. <laughs> right, you're like, this is, like, this is this, a lot. This is, this is <laughs> a lot going on here, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I know exactly well, what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> I was like, some of that, stuff, I'm like, oh man, this is, I don't know what this is, but that you know, where I was going with that, with talking about the you know, my kids and stuff, I yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I'm on this big uh, I just like this week, I, I forgot how much I used to really like the band from Autumn to Ashes, and uh, okay. And I mean, I hadn't listened to them in years. I, they were a huge inspiration for me younger, and I kind of forgot about them for some reason. I don't know why. And I, so I, I've been listening to their their last album, "Holding the Wolf by the Ears," a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, buddy, you know, come here, check this out." And he's like, "Oh yeah, this is some this is some good heavy rock and roll." This was his response. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, he's he's heard a lot of this stuff at this point, you know, like his one of his favorite songs is uh, uh, Boogie Woman by. uh, uh, Oh, my my goodness, my brain's failing right now. Uh, Why can't I think of the name of that band? I'm so mad at myself. The album's called White Bat. Uh, Boogie Woman. Everyone's screaming at the every every like metal fan is screaming. Uh, <laughs> well,
1: I'm not. I mean, I'm just as lost as you are right now. It, it, he is legend. So whiz, he, he is legend.
0: That's the name. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That was bad.
1: I remember seeing them at like a club in New Jersey years ago.
0: I would love to see them live. I've never caught them before. I've, I found they, them. They've been do, playing a band for a long time, and I didn't start getting into them until maybe last year or year before.
1: They, I, one of the things that stands out in my mind is they did a cover of um, a Bush song oh I don't know about this um I don't know the name of the Bush song it's the one with the starts out with the bass line and it's pretty much the same bass line that the whole song okay oh I think I know what you're talking about but is it to come back down or whatever yes okay let's see I sound like someone's parent right now I know it's that band with that song oh I catch <laughs> myself doing it all the song. time yeah you know that rock band parent.
0: they play the with the guitars
1: oh they're too loud <laughs> gotta turn it down huh those young guys, nice young men but yeah that was like i didn't know i had no idea who they were but they were oh, my some friends were playing somewhere on the same bill and so i was there and i was like All right, cool i'll watch these, these guys because i'm here why not listen to something new it's fun <clears throat> but yeah they did it one of the things that sticks out in my head is they did that bush cover
0: they're they're a really cool band. They they are they're good with the riffs and uh, yeah, they're I like them quite a bit. I'm glad I glad I found out about them. or was pushed nice. to? I, I knew of them for a long time mm-hmm. before I actually gave them a listen and I'm kind of mad at myself for letting it go that long. But yeah, he is yeah. legend.
1: Great band. Now you're up in Portland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you heard, ever heard of From um, Ashes Rise? No. Oh, dude. They, um, even though I I had been listening to heavy music for a while, they legitimately changed the way I looked at music Oh, and kind of put me down the road where I am now, like tone wise, as far as guitars go. Um, but yeah, they're pretty sure they're based out of Portland. give uh, Give them a listen. Yeah. Like I saw them. I saw them in, in a club in New Jersey and I had no idea who they were. And I like I was a kid. I would never had like, I had money for to get the ticket to get into the, into the show, but I never had the money for merch. Mm-hmm. And I had to borrow money from one of my friends because I needed to have their CD. Cause it it's like, I couldn't just go home and look them up on the internet at that point. Right. It was like, I need to like, I need to have this CD right now. You know, let me borrow whatever it was five bucks or 12 bucks or whatever to buy a CD from their merch table. I'm like, I need this. And, uh, you know, I still follow them at this point, but yeah, they, that, that band like legitimately changed music for me.
0: That's a, that's a big statement, you know, when, when something can have that big of an impact, like immediately. And that's, that's why music's so wonderful. Mm hmm. So it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen every time. But when it happens, it's, it's almost like magic. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, what just happened to my brain? <laughs> I, I thought there was a me before I heard this, this artist, and now there's a me after, and they are not the same person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're getting down to the last few here, and yeah. uh, we've got some classic questions to get into. But before we do that, this is where you uh, can choose to self-promote You can choose to get a message out there that you'd like a a few thousand people to hear, or just whatever. The floor is yours right now,
1: good sir. Well, I mean, we talked about the new pedal earlier, but I'm realizing sitting here that I never actually told anybody what it was going to be called. Right. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be calling it the Body Breaker. Ooh, I like that. I like that. And that name is taken from um, the practice of the Tibetan practice of sky burial. I don't know what I'm that sure. is. You're going oh, to have to Yeah. It's um, based on the fact that they live in a often rocky, mountainous area. Uh, and part of their religious beliefs is to completely return back to the earth. They A sky burial is meant... It, it, what they do is, you're basically... After you pass away, you, you are fed to vultures. Oh. And... Before you're fed to vultures, they dismember you. And the person that is in charge of doing that is the body breaker. Ah, gotcha. So uh, it's also after the the vultures have their fill, he has to go back out and collect the bones. And then he has to crush them and he mixes them with a butter and then puts this ball of butter out and the crows eat it. So your entire body goes. Wow. Yeah. So I figured like if I'm making like a really metal pedal, I was going to name it something, you know, kind of metal. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those kind of uh,
0: things are always interesting to hear about. Cause like we, you know, our practices are very safe and sanitized mm-hmm. and clean and mm-hmm. that is uh, the opposite of that. But at the same time, it's a lot more natural. So yeah, it's kind of a, it's just interesting to hear how different cultures do things, but that's a, that's yeah. definitely a solid name for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway. So, sorry. Um, I was interrupting.
1: No, no, totally. It's uh, um, I'm hoping to have that out in a couple of weeks, actually. Cool. Very cool. Uh, we're going to finish up some artwork, uh, send it off to uh, my buddy get some artwork um, printed on the enclosures that he's making for me. And, um, I already have boards here assembled and ready for testing and everything. So yeah, I'm hoping to have him out this month if possible, Uh, you know, nothing really confirmed yet, but I'm sure I'll post something about it on Instagram when I do know a lot more. And, uh, in addition to that, I do hope I am going to be doing another run of VHDs, uh, probably about four or five weeks. So, um, I like to build them probably about 25 at a time at this point. And once they're built is when I, I put them up. So they typically go pretty quickly, which is nice for me because it's pretty much making uh, life from home a little bit easier at this point. Right. Post COVID world. Right, right, right. So,
0: so would you say everybody should stay at uh, glued to your Instagram for that? Is that the yes. best place?
1: Yeah. It's uh, SNK the letters snk pedals on uh, instagram um or you can email me snk pedals at gmail or it's just sn- snk pedals.com there you go uh i formerly used to be s uh, ampersand k but i i've moved away from that and it's just going with snk the letter n gotcha so but yeah that's pretty much it
0: all right cool all right, well, we'll get into these classic
1: questions and we'll
0: wrap this thing up. Cool. So the first one, and based on your earlier statement about having a lot of boss pedals, this will be a fun one. What is your favorite boss pedal? Uh, you know, you have to keep it basic and go with the DS-1. Oh, man. Man after my own heart. I love the DS-1. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can still find the um, instructions online for from Keeley about doing like, the uh the seeing I mod and everything. And Mm -hmm. when I like, Oh yeah. Like I used to listen to, I still do, but uh, I was really big into Steve Vai. And I found out that he had a Kili modded DS one with the seeing I mod. And I was never going to be able to afford my own Kili modded thing. But when I found out that you can find the instructions basically online and I can go pick up a used DS one for, $30 Thirty dollars somewhere, twenty-five dollars. That made it a lot more accessible to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, DS One is is definitely the number one. Um, honorable mention would go to the um, it's the PS Three. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, the in pedal, <laughs> as, as they call it. Yep, the cave-in pedal. <laughs> that's that's another one there. I mean, of course, I you know neither of those on my board right now. Yeah, you know, stick with the TU2 tuner, or like a NS2. So some honorable mentions there. But if if I had to pick one, it'd be the DS1. Solid choice. Solid, solid choice.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. now you're an East Coast guy, so I know you're going to have some opinions on this. <laughs> what is your favorite kind of pizza? I don't like pizza. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I'm not publishing this episode. This is ridiculous.
1: No, <laughs> no. um, no, um I actually had pizza last night. Um, As did I. Hey, Friday. Mm -hmm. Well, two schools of thought here for me. Um, Either I'm going to go with just a straight plain pie or maybe some uh, pepperoni, Mm -hmm. maybe some mushrooms. Try not to go too crazy sometimes if I'm ordering a pie. Um, But... I do have this kind of annoying um, sensitivity to nightshades, which tomato is a nightshade. Ah, So if I get into a probably about 50% of the time, I'll order a white pie. So I'll get a white pie with spinach on it. The uh, the Popeye as they call it. So it's either a plain pie with a single topping or a white pie. If-
0: spinach and where do you like to get your pizzas do you have a favorite spot
1: there is um typically it's the closest place to wherever i'm living (laughs) but i i I stay away from like the chain restaurants there is a um rest there's a pizzeria uh that i can walk to from my apartment that is uh, called anthony franco's and they've had my business for um about seven years now so right on it's one of those things like i've thought about moving and it's one of the things I would legitimately miss (laughs) (laughs) like you have to, you have to find a new, a new barber. You have to find a new pizza place if you move. Yeah. And I have, I have a really good barber and I have a really good pizza place. I don't really like my apartment that much, but yeah, it's it's the convenience. I mean, yeah. Our, our local,
0: like really good pizza place. That's like right here in town Mm. they've had, you know, obviously a heck of a year just with, with COVID and with everything else. But on top of all that, they they had a pipe burst, uh, Oof. like whatever a month ago or so, maybe two weeks ago, and they're like, We're closed for the rest of 2020. I'm like, Of course, 2020 Eww. has taken my favorite spot. <sighs> do you, have, do you have a backup? Um, I mean, we have a, a handful of okay ones, you know, nearby. That's definitely the best. I was like, A wood fired. Italian spot was really, Mm -hmm. really, really good. But yeah, I mean, well, for instance, last night I drove 40 minutes into downtown Portland to get this get pie from this place called Demos that I've been following on Instagram for a while, but I'd never gotten to pull the trigger on. And, you know, 40 minutes is not crazy long, but it's, you know, it's a little bit long for getting takeout and uh, it was worth it. It was. It was really good. <laughs>
1: so, Did you eat it in the car?
0: No, no. I, I I wrapped it in sweatshirts and and got it back home. Uh, wow. And it was still pretty warm by the time I got it back home. But we went ahead mm-hmm. and and warmed it up in the oven a little bit, just to kind of re-crisp a it a little bit. Yeah. And reasonable. It, it was very good. It was. <laughs> it it was worth the uh, the round trip. It was
1: very tasty. There is. There's a couple, like of the uh like the brick oven or the you know coal-fired or wood-fired oven places around here Mm -hmm. but they're uh, they're so expensive for some reason yeah they're expensive i feel like they they are like i've been to places in new york city where it's reasonable to get a brick like a you know Wood fire, brick—you know, when a brick brick oven pizza. But like local, it's like, oh my god! Like you try to sit down and have lunch, and you spend like fifteen dollars, and you get like a little, you know, six inch pie or something or eight inch pie. It's it's let's see, it's
0: yeah, we not enough. We have some <laughs> really good, really really good places in Portland, um, and yeah, they're not, they're they're none of them are cheap. Um, they're not, some of them are a little more reasonable than others. None of them are like so outrageous that I would never go there, but Mm -hmm. you know, by the time I got out of there with like, I added some pepperoni to this pie, which, you know, it already had some meat, but I wanted to try this local pepperoni they use. And by the time I got out of there with tip and everything, it was like, I don't remember 38 bucks. But yeah, so yeah. you know, which is not—it's not, it's not <clears throat> an insane amount of money, but it's also a lot of money for
1: pizza. Yeah, it, like if if I'm gonna, you know, do something special, uh, celebrate something, I'll, I'll I'll go, I'll drop the the extra money on that. Mm-hmm. But if it's it's Friday night and I'm gonna be sitting on my couch with takeout, yes, I'm I'm gonna get the uh, the local pie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there there is one place not too far from here that. I can't remember. Of course, I can't remember the name of it. But they, um, I never actually fact checked this, but they claim to be the uh, one of the only spots in a, in the United States that has been like certified to make Neapolitan style pizza. Really? I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So I, I had to, I had to look that up and sing some a, a link or something. Yeah. But they like they they had to train somebody in Italy to come back and make the pizza in New Jersey. <laughs> which is an odd thought that is a weird thing to think about
0: but hey who knows i've never been it's to like bringing Italy.
1: sand to the beach man so
0: <laughs> well right on man this was a, a fun chat thanks for coming on the show
1: man, it only took us a couple of years to do this i know it's ridiculous what are we doing what are we doing with our lives Why it takes so long. probably <laughs> making guitar noises and taking attention to our children <laughs> well yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> such is life such is life Yep. well thanks for listening everybody for scott this is blake and as always folks good luck and good tones all right i hope you guys had as much fun on that episode as i did and if you need more of course there's more over on patreon and we talk about batman very extensively on this particular patreon episode because both scott and i are big fans of The Dark Knight. So that was a lot of fun. The Patreon episodes have been killer. Uh, And thank you so much to everyone who supports over there. For five bucks a month, you get extra episodes to your ears every week. And it really, 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 really helps out a lot. It really is huge. So thank you so much to everyone that's doing that. Thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, don't forget that you can text me if you want. That's still a thing. Just a quick reminder on that. You can text me at 503-751-8577 if that sounds like a good experimental time to you. All right. I hope everyone has a good holiday. Take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings, made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them You are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop.